God bless you. This is Pastor Abraham Langford, the senior pastor and founder of Jesus' Church International. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Supernatural Transformation. Jesus' Church is a non-denominational church with an international vision to evangelize, affirm, disciple, and send. We invite you to join us beginning Sunday, October 2nd at 11 a.m. at our new facility, the Dorchester Career and Technology Center, located at 2465 Cambridge Bypass in Cambridge, Maryland, on the campus of CSD High School. We trust that you will be encouraged and supernaturally transformed through hearing today's message. Today, from Pastor Abraham Lankford of Jesus Church, Cambridge. Turn with me real quick. Romans chapter 1. I want you to look at this. How did God plan on restoring humanity back to himself? Romans chapter 1. A familiar verse for some of you all, but the following verse is not so familiar. It's easy to miss some of the golden nuggets out of the word of God if you don't pay attention. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's the power of God. It's the dynamite power of God, the gospel. What does the word gospel mean? It means good news. I mean, we've got a gospel with good news. Somebody say it's good. Amen. Isn't this good? Come on. A few people believe that. Let's put our hands together. We got a good news. Amen. We got good news. Hey, we got something to smile about. We got something to be joyful about. This is good news. Listen to this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. How many of you not ashamed? Amen? Amen. It is the power of God, the salvation to everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. But listen closely. Verse number 17. I want you to see this. Within, let me say this before I read this verse in 17. Within the good news, we have the only way in which God could restore us back to righteousness. A lot of people say, Well, the good news is that Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again. But they miss an essential part of the gospel you're going to hear tonight. You want to hear it? I want you to see it tonight. Perhaps you've never seen this before. I want you to look at this. For in it, somebody say in it. In In what? The gospel, the good news. You see, there's something inside of the gospel that's really good. There's something powerful and explosive that's life-changing in the gospel. In it is the power of God. Look at this. The righteousness of God is revealed. Ready? I want you to say this with me. In it, it, the righteousness of God God is revealed. revealed. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. In the gospel, the good news, God's revealing something. I want you to look at somebody's smile and say, God's revealing something. How many of you ready to receive what God's revealing? Amen? Amen. So what's so dynamite about the gospel? What's inside of it? Listen closely. For in the gospel, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. Somebody say righteousness. Righteousness. Now I want you to understand this. When we fell from the glory of God, we fell from the state of righteousness that we once possessed. You see, Adam and Eve before God, they were completely righteous. They stood before God justified. They stood before God just as if they had never sinned. They stood before God guiltless. There was no guilt. There was no shame at one time. They were righteous before God because they were covered in the glory of God. They were made in his image. But when they fell, listen to this, there was a need for them to be restored. So what did God do by a picture and typology to restore them? Here's what he did. He sacrificed the lamb. He sacrificed, 
and then he covered. This is very important. I want you to take this jacket, and you're going to clothe him with your jacket, okay? I want you to wrap it around Jeffrey's shoulders. I want you to, before he does this, I want you to understand something real quick. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, they were naked, and they knew it because the glory had departed from them. And then they were ashamed, and then fear came in, right? So what did God do? Immediately we read in scriptures that God came, he sacrificed an animal, he covered them with the skin of that animal. But listen closely, blood was shed, a sacrifice was made, and a covering was given. Let me say it again. Blood was shed, a sacrifice was made, and a covering was given. Now, I want you to look at him for just for a minute. Go ahead and clothe him with that. And here's what God did. God clothed them. You see, they tried to clothe themselves, but they didn't have ability to do that on their own. So God said, I have to do something you cannot do. Listen closely. So within the good news, we have the only way in which God could restore us back to him, and that was through a covering an offering, and him clothing us. This is very important, very important. I want you to turn with me real quick to Romans chapter three, and we're gonna understand what that covering is. Romans chapter three, and we're gonna look in verse number 19. How many are still with me? Amen? Amen. Listen closely. I wanna give this to you. We're gonna be done here in just a few minutes. Look at verse number 19. The Bible says, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. How many of you know the whole world was guilty before God at one time? Amen? Listen to this. Verse 20. Therefore, therefore, by the deeds of the law, in other words, by keeping the law, how many of you have kept the law completely your whole life? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Listen to this. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, Listen to this, by the deeds of the law, in other words, by keeping the law, God's law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. In other words, if you could keep the law, which you can't do, the word of God actually says in James 2.10 that if you've kept the law, but you've offended in one point, you've broken the entire law. In other words, if you lived your whole life and only broken one of God's commandments, you've still broken God's commandments. And God would say, you're guilty. Now, this is very important. This is going to be powerful ending here. Listen closely. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified. And it's like, how many of you know of somebody and they're trying to work their way to heaven? They say, I'm going to live a holy life. I'm going to live a righteous life. And one day God's going to accept me. I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to be accepted by God that way. That's like Adam and Eve trying to cover themselves. Unless you kept the entire law and kept it perfectly, you cannot stand before a holy God. Why? Because no imperfection can inherit the kingdom of God. Well, now listen to this. You say, how can I enter into the kingdom of God? You have to be perfect. In other words, when God sees you, he can't see and identify one blemish. If you stood before God tonight and God looked at your record, could God accept you into his kingdom? Listen to this. What you would be saying to God if you could keep the law and not offend in any points, you would boast and say, God, this is what I was able to do. If you could keep the law 
and enter into the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, by you keeping the law, then why did Christ ever come to this earth to die on the cross? Listen to what he says here. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh, somebody say no flesh. flesh. Your mama, your daddy, the pope, (laughs) your pastor, your grandmother, your grandfather, I don't care what that, I belong to the First Methodist Church. The, I belong to First Baptist Church. It doesn't matter what church you belong to. It doesn't matter how good you're trying to live. I go to the non-denominational church. I don't care if you sing in the choir. I don't care if you sing with the praise team. I don't care if you're pastoring a church. If you think you're going to inherit the kingdom of heaven by keeping the law, you've totally missed out on what the gospel of grace is all about. In fact, what you've done is you've diluted it and you've taken the power of the gospel totally away. Listen to this. He says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified. What does the word justified mean? It means to be declared legally righteous before God. It means that God is the judge of all the earth, and when you stand before God, that God would acquit you. He would say, you've been justified. You've been pardoned. In other words, when God sees you, he doesn't see your sin. In other words, when God sees you, he sees you guiltless. When God sees you, he doesn't see anything on your record at all, but nothing but righteousness. Now listen to this. This is powerful. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. It doesn't matter if you look at your brother, you look at your neighbor, you say, ah, better than these guys. This guy drinks on the weekends. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you go down and you say, these people are selling themselves on the street. You're comparing yourself with other people. You're still thinking you have something to do with your salvation. You're still trying to justify yourself through your own deeds. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law was not made for you to be able to keep. The law was made for you to have an understanding. It's a schoolmaster that was to bring you to Jesus Christ. None of us could keep the law. He gave the law to reveal his nature and reveal his will for us to live by. But he knew none of us could keep it. Now listen to this, verse number 21. But now, somebody say now. Now. Listen closely. The righteousness of God. What is the righteousness of God? This is very important. Very important that we understand this, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Here it is. What's being revealed? What's in the gospel that's being revealed? It's the righteousness of God. What is the righteousness of God? This is very powerful. Listen to this. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. In other words, the Old Testament from the Torah, the prophets of God, they were prophesying of it in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, they said, surely shall one say, in the Lord I have my righteousness. Jehovah Tiskanu, which means the Lord our righteousness, amen. In other words, God is our righteousness. Now this is very important for you to understand, this is so powerful, so life-changing, that it could change and set me free 12 years ago. I want you to really get it in your heart tonight. We're recording this message because I want you to get this out to the people. Many people are in church, they've never heard anything like this before. What I'm about ready to say, they've never heard this before. I'm going to tell you this. Many churches will never teach what I'm about ready to say. And I'm not saying they're arrogant. I'm saying they need to start teaching the word of God. Listen to this right here. It says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now I want you to pay close attention to the word righteousness appearing over and over and over again. This is very important, and it's the righteousness of God, not of men. And this is very important, you understand this. 
It says, through faith in Jesus Christ on all and on all who believe, to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely. Somebody say freely. Freely. What does it mean to be free? What does it mean to be freely? It means without any payment of your own. It means that a man can be pardoned. It means that a man with no matter how deep the record is, no matter how sinful they live, no matter if they've lied, no matter, listen, no matter if they've done drugs, no matter if they've, they've cursed God, no matter what they've done, that man, if they've stolen, that man, if they've committed adultery, that woman, no matter what they've done, they can stand before a holy God, a thrice holy God, and God can look at them and declare them innocent and guiltless before him. Amen. Now, let me tell you how he does it. Because a lot of people say, well, I just go to bed every night and I say, God, forgive me of my sins. I'm going to tell you, you don't get it then. God's already forgiven you for your sins. Have you received his grace? I know people that live their life in fear each night. I mean, each night they pray. They say, God, forgive me for my sins. That's great to do. You wanna, you've got a relationship with God. You want, look, you need to start saying, God, you've forgiven me and I bless you and I pray. You want to come out of sin? Start thanking him for what he's already done because I, re- I remember something he said on the cross. He said, it is finished. It is finished. That means it's already accomplished. It's done. So we need to praise God for what is already done. Many people are living in fear and torment, and God doesn't want you to live in fear and torment. He wants you to live in peace and joy. Listen to this. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by what? His grace. What is grace? It's unmerited, unearned favor. It's the favor of God bestowed on you without any merit of your own, without any payment of your own, without any goodness of your own. It's the goodness of God that we were talking about earlier. It's that God is a good God. He loves his children, and you cannot pay for your righteousness. You cannot pay for a new record. You cannot work and stand before God and say, God, I've done all these things. God, now you accept me. God says, no, I won't accept you. You have to have my righteousness. And the only way you can have his righteousness is freely. In other words, there's no strings attached. It's a gift of God. Listen to this. And it's given by his grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. I want you to look at verse number 27. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Somebody say amen. Amen. In other words, you cannot be justified by keeping the law. If you were to keep the law from this point to the day you died, you've still broken the law before. You can never be justified for that. The only way you can be justified is to receive justification as a gift of grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Let me explain something to you. This is very important. I want you to turn with me real quick, and we're almost done, to Romans chapter 5. 
Romans chapter 5, and we're going to look in verse number 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world. How many of you know who that one man was? Say his name. That's right. Adam. And death through sin. And thus death spread to all men because all sinned. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. In other words, Adam is a typology of the one who was to come, who was the second Adam. Listen closely to what I'm about ready to say, and I'm almost done. Listen to this. Adam was a type of the one who was to come. He's a typology. Listen to this. Adam held the whole human race's fate in his hands, but he's only a type of the one who was to come. Listen closely to what the word of God says. This is powerful. Verse 15, but the free gift is not like the offense. In other words, the free gift is not like Adam's offense. Because of Adam's sin, we all became sinners. But God says, I'm offering you a free gift. Listen closely. I want you to hold on to this. But the free gift is not like the offense, for if by, the, if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment, how many of you see the gift, the gift, the gift, amen? Listen to this. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. Because of Adam's sin, the whole world was condemned. Adam condemned the whole world by his original sin. Listen to this. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense, who was that? Adam. Death reigned through the one much more those who receive the abundance of grace. Somebody say grace. grace. The abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Y'all ready? Here's, here's the answer. Here it comes. You ready? It's a little hot in here. Don't fall asleep. Don't miss this. Fan somebody next to you if you have to. If you got to slap them. Nah, I'm not. Listen to this. All right. Verse 18. The Bible says, therefore, as though one man's offense... Judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Listen closely. In the King James Version, the Bible says this. Through one man's disobedience, many were made unrighteous. But through one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. What does that mean? Let me read this to you. Therefore, as through one man's offense, that's Adam, Judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Listen closely. Even so, one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. I'm going to explain here in just a minute. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Are you ready for this? I want you to understand if Jeff was the original, if Jeff is representing Adam here, and because of Adam's sin, because of Jeffrey's sin, if he was the head of all human race, each and every one of us were born with that original sin. And so, because of that original sin, 
For all have sinned, and we've fallen short of the glory of God. But there was another type. There was another type. Doug, do you mind coming up here for a minute, please? There was another type. See, Adam was the type of the one who was to come. Listen closely. This is powerful, and I'm going to conclude with this. Listen, there was one man who came, and about 2,000 years ago, he stepped on the scene of humanity and this human race here on this earth. He was unlike any other person you could ever meet. He was conceived by the Holy Ghost. In other words, he was conceived in holiness. In other words, Adam's blood did not taint him. He was born by a virgin. And God in his foreknowledge knew that the Messiah, the Son of God, would have to be conceived of the Holy Ghost through the Holy Ghost and not by man because Adam's blood would have been in him and he would have been a sinner. But in the understanding and mind of God, God knew he had to be born and he was conceived in holiness through the Holy Ghost. And a virgin conceived and Emmanuel was inside of her. The Son of God. And he lived this life on this earth for 33 and a half years. Not one day did he ever disrespect his mother. Not one day did he ever break one of God's commandments. Not one day did he ever curse God. Not one day did he ever commit adultery. Not one day did he ever lie. Not one day did he ever do anything that was evil. Not one single point of the law. The Bible says he kept the entire law. He kept it perfect. For 33 and a half years, he lived perfect, sinless. His own disciples said this about him, that he was sinless and spotless. Pilate said, I wash my hands from the blood of this innocent man. Nobody that looked at him could condemn him for the way he lived his life. They only could condemn him because he said, I am the son of God, making himself equal with God. And so they got him on the count of blaspheming, not on his good life, not on the way he lived his life. Because he lived this life in perfect obedience, obedience to the Father, even unto his death, the Bible says. Perfect obedience. Now listen closely. Jesus Christ lived 33 and a half years on this earth without one sin, one bad thought, one wrong deed. He pleased the Father. When he was baptized at age 30, the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. How many of you would like God to say that about you? Say amen. amen. You ready for this? You ready for this? But after he was baptized, he went into the wilderness. He was tempted of the devil, yet without sin. He was victorious. He was victorious for three and a half years after he was baptized. And even when he was on the cross, when he was on the cross in those final moments, when God looked upon Jesus, a transaction took place. Something that changed the course of all human history. When he was on the cross, the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us. I want you just to, ready to play some music, please. I want everybody in here just to pay attention for a moment. When Jesus Christ was on the cross, everything went black. When he was on the cross, a transaction was made, an exchange was made. The Bible says this is what God did. This is what God did. It says he who knew no sin 
That was Jesus. Take your shirt off, please, if you would. He who knew no sin. On the cross, he took adultery. He took fornication. He took lies, murder, rape, war, poverty, famine, sin, sickness, all of that. And the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us. And he took our unrighteousness. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he who knew no sin became sin for us. And in that moment, when God looked at his son, he no longer saw his son. He saw our sin. And in that moment on the cross, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And here's the truth of the gospel. Because when Jesus died on the cross, God looked at him and he didn't recognize him anymore. Because he wasn't perfect anymore. He wasn't innocent anymore. He wasn't the beloved son in whom he was well pleased. He was the lies that we've committed. He became the adultery that we've committed. He became the drug dealer. He became the abuser. In that moment, God looked at him as he would look at a rapist, as he would look at somebody who would abuse their own child. And God looked at his son. And in that moment, the son of God who was spotless and sinless, God saw our sin laid upon him and he didn't see his son, he saw our sin. And he who knew no sin became sin. And this is what God did. He took his righteous robe. He took his record. It's just spotless, without sin. And he looked upon undeserving humanity. And through grace, God said, so we could be made the righteousness of God in him. And what God did in that moment, he exchanged our sin for his son's record. He took his son's record and he offered it to us freely by grace. And he took our record and he nailed it to the cross so it would be paid in full. And that's why the word of God says there is no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ. Because when God looks at you, he cannot condemn you. Because 2,000 years ago, he condemned his son as you and for you on the cross. In other words, what I'm saying tonight, God doesn't see your record if you're in Christ. He sees his son's record. He cannot see your sin. He sees his son. Understand this. In that divine exchange, God restored us back to the original glory that we had. He restored us back to the image we were made in. So when God looks at us, we possess the glory of God in us. And God looks at us and he sees us as his children once again. We have been reconciled back to the Father. We've been reconciled back to the Father. Some of you are condemning yourself each day. If you're like me 12 years ago, you're looking at yourself trying to find something worthy in yourself. 
You're trying to find some ability to, to please God as if there's something you have to do just to please God. Somehow that God's gonna be appeased and, 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 and maybe allow you. And God's saying, no, this is a free gift. It's, it's undeserved, it's, it's unearned, it's unmerited. It's by grace. It's by my grace. Perhaps you're listening to today's broadcast and you say, Pastor Abraham, my life is so broken. I don't even wanna live anymore. Maybe you have an addiction in your life and you've been trying to be free for years of your life. Dear friend, I want you to know something. This is not a coincidence. This is an appointment with God today. God desires to have a relationship with you. He wants to make you his son or his daughter. If that's the desire of your heart, I want you to pray with me from your heart right now. I want you to say, Heavenly Father, right now, I desire to have a relationship with you. I believe that you love me and that Jesus died for me on the cross. Right now, I accept your gift of righteousness. I know because of the blood of Jesus that I am made righteous and whole in your sight. I thank you, Jesus. From this moment on, I am a child of God. Dear friend, if you prayed that prayer, the Bible says this, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. That means there's no more condemnation to you because now you are in Christ. You are a child of God. If you would like to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and you prayed that prayer, I want you to contact me on this number right now, 443-480-4083. Call us. We want to help you grow in your new life in Jesus Christ. If you would like to learn more about the ministries at Jesus Church Cambridge or wish to hear more messages like this one, please go to www.jesuschurchcambridge.com.